Welcome to the Rewind. I'm so excited. So we have a, uh, a a theme song that Jonah wrote our little lyrics. And then my brother mixed us a very fun beat and let me sing. I, I think I had to strong arm Jonah to let me sing. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm so glad you took that will for me because I was so uncomfortable even sending you an audio clip of me singing because I can't do it for the life of me to sound decent anyway. And I was like, well, I'm hoping that that either Keenan takes it or they know someone who would be willing to perform it. But um, I love what you did with it. And you guys, I literally just was telling someone this like a second ago before we started recording, like I was texting them and I had shared it with them to listen to. And I was like, yeah, Keenan performed it. Like I wrote it, Keenan performed it. And then his brother mixed it and he and his brother really took it to the next level. So y'all did a great job with that. Oh, it was so fun. It was, it was really fun to have like a project with my brother. Cause we've never like worked together on anything before, but he's like, he is producing his music. He's Young Jay with YSC Entertainment. And he is he has been producing beats and working with people. Like, I learned the first time, maybe last year or the year before, that he was, like, doing... He was working in the music. And, like, he was actually selling beats and, and collaborating with people and producing music. And it was like, oh, my God, you're paying bills with their art. I'm so fucking proud i i am always amazed at how great of a person my little brother is and i'm like mama saved a lot of that kindness because i'm not that nice (laughs) (laughs) you're nice keenan you literally have friends all over like everywhere and everywhere we go you know someone if you were not a nice decent person that would not be the case i guess i have the whole world fooled and i'll keep it that way (laughs) no i try my best to be kind and rewind (laughs) i was wondering if you were gonna do that (laughs) i'm very proud of you thank you you're welcome you're welcome okay everybody so i'm i'm sorry about the gabbing i will do my best to keep it to a minimum because we're all here to watch some quality TV. So, can we tell them are, who we are? <laughs> is I that what you're about was, to do? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, my name is Keenan Walker. And I am Jonah Taylor. And this is the Rewind Podcast. <laughs> I don't even remember if we actually did that. I had a couple of pre, pre-recording beverages. And then I have my, like, side beverage over here. I'm drinking some local beer. Um, let's see. So what I'm drinking some old ass wine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even can wine get old. Can wine like go bad? Yes. (gasps) Can it? So like, okay, wait, how long can it stay in your fridge before it's bad? And how do you know if it's bad? 
I don't know. I think it does smell. Okay. But I've always been told that wine can go bad. Like, because think about, have you ever been in a restaurant and ordered a glass of wine and you're like, oh, this does not taste right. Mm. And you say something to the bartender like, oh, it, it's been open for too long. <sighs> okay. Maybe I think that's what's happened with the wine I'm drinking right now <laughs> because it's supposed to be white Riesling. But wait, is that how you say it? I feel like I never say that right. Riesling? 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 Okay. Well, I'm, it's supposed to be white, but it's yellow for some reason. And I don't know if that's normal. And it also, it had a little bit of a smell. Came a, quite a bit of a smell. I was like, I was like, okay, this smells like it actually looks, which is like piss. Oh, my. But, I don't but it tastes, like, after a few sips, it tastes normal. <laughs> so... Very potent at this point, I'm sure. Yeah, and I haven't had anything to eat, so this is going to be a super interesting podcast. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, it's episode two, and we're just letting it all out. Okay, so back to it. I want to say this up top. If you're a TV geek like Jonah and I, then you are going to... Did I do that right? Yes. Okay. You are grammatically... Correct. <laughs> you know, did you know I slowed down? And I was like, oh, God, did I do yeah. that? Uh, anyways, <laughs> if you are like us and you enjoy watching quality TV shows with other geeks, then you should just keep tuning in, all two of you, and uh, watch some of our favorite episodes. Uh, and, of course, like I said last season, last season, last episode, this season, we are watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, and and these are a bunch of our favorite episodes, and also episodes that are pivotal to the overall story of Buffy. Um, and so, if you hang in there with us throughout this episode and all the commentary, all the gabbing that we do, um, at the end we'll talk about like standout characters in the episode and characters whose actions we relate to most in in the episode, um, because I think everyone can look at a character they've been watching on television for years and, and maybe have a, a difference of an opinion compared to when you were younger, when you first started watching it, like some of these characters reactions are like be, uh, behavior decisions, you know, maybe you were cool with in the beginning. And now as an adult, you have a different, or maybe you relate to more now, you know, so does that make sense? I feel like I'm just... No, of course. We're all now watching old media through new eyes. There's just so many things that now as we are all waking up... I mean, God bless America. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, what I don't that? understand how a DVD player works anymore. <laughs> And that's like the sixth time that that thing is played without you wanting it to. <laughs> and it's not starting at the very beginning of the episode. That's the troubling part. Keenan oh. and I are actually like doing video. I don't know if we're supposed to tell you that, but like we are, we decided to to do our Skype call through video and record the call as well as record like the podcast that way so that we can see each other because it feels like we're more in person because normally in a in a non-covid world we would be 
in the same place together recording. But we've had to make adjustments. And um, and to sort of help with that process, we are recording via video. So, and I like it. I'm into it. It's fun. It does feel like you're here on the, like, the seat over there across the room. <laughs> and we're, like, cracking jokes and talking shit. And it's great. And so, drinking. and drinking. The most important part of this podcast is the drinking, I think. Yes. I, if you can pair Buffy with alcohol, uh, but not, 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 Buffy does not want beer. Do <laughs> the reference. I do, I do, yeah. That's actually, like, when we first started, when you started that sentence, that's literally, that episode is where my head went to. (laughs) It's uh, for you, you Buffy freaks, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you are not a Buffy fan, and we will not be covering that episode on this podcast, but when we get to season four, feel free to watch it. I I think it's called Beer Bad. Yes. Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. I used to know all the names of all the episodes. I think at least through season five. Yeah. Definitely pair Buffy with booze. Buffy and booze. Yeah, booze. (laughs) (laughs) Patent pending. So, um, Jonah, do you want to introduce us to the episode? Yes. So, we... Last episode, we did the very first episode of the series, um, Welcome to the Hellmouth. And this episode, we're skipping all the way to to the end of the first season to Prophecy Girl. And episode 12, they didn't go a full 22 like they normally do later in seasons. Um, it was like and, a replacement. Yeah, so it started mid mid-television season. Um, and, uh, actually like in the summer. And so, um, they only went to 12 episodes and that 12th episode is Prophecy Girl, which we're going to discuss. And Prophecy Girl is basically at this point, they're, they're having the spring fling dance. So as that dance approaches, Giles, Buffy's watcher actually discovers an ancient book foretelling the slayer's death at the hands of the master. So the prophecy is that she she will die and she overhears this. I, I think I'm getting too far ahead, but <laughs> spoiler alert, she overhears this. <laughs> and um and then we 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 see shit goes down, basically. Yeah. So interesting. Oh, and so, in the last episode, when I was like, oh, the same guy that played the maestro on Seinfeld is the master, that is still true, but on Seinfeld, if I remember correctly, he was like, it's just maestro. There's no the at the beginning. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I need to say that because someone, is one of the two people <laughs> listening to this is going to be like, I um, don't have a lot of hopes for this podcast. <laughs> it's a joke that I think is going to be funny. And what I'm hoping is that someone is going to tweet me and say, you know what? I think that I'm at least person number two. <laughs> I think it'll be really funny. I don't know. But uh, I, I'm, yeah. Look, if we get at least two people, I will be fucking stoked. Yes. Like, I, 
I look forward to that. And if we don't, then it's just us doing what we've always done, gabbing about our favorite TV shows and drinking. <laughs> and it's so, like throw it out into the ether. And if somebody stumbles upon it one day, then cool. It's like it's like a tweet. <laughs> or in my case, a TikTok. <laughs> so we're gonna do our countdown. There may be a little bit of fumbling around. There may be some like rough edits to make this come together because both of our DVD players are throwing a shade. So, one, two, three. Oh. Oh. I love seeing the shots of the bronze. It always makes me feel like I'm kind of there with them. Like, it just, it's like, oh, I wanted that kind of place so badly in my hometown. Yeah. There were, I was just never, I never felt cool enough to go, but there were a couple of like teenage clubs. And on like on the coast, like in Gulfport, Biloxi area, and uh, like people would go and they're like, "Yeah, they're having teen night. You can get in if you're 16." And uh, I was just not that cool, but I was very oh. stoked one year in high school when one of my friends took me to Midnight Madness, and I saw a Rocky Horror Picture Show for the first time, and uh, and it was like late, and it was kind of a big deal because I got to be out after midnight. <laughs> Oh, so cool of you. <laughs> I, know, I know. I was so edge. Right now, we see Xander and Willow talking. They open up uh, with Xander and Willow talking at the bronze. And basically, Xander is, like, rehearsing to Willow what he wants to say to Buffy. He has feelings for her, and he wants to confess them to her. And he's had them pretty much the whole season. And I think we can all relate to that feeling, right, Keenan? Yeah. Oh, loaning for someone in the the friend group? Yes. yes or are just crushing on someone and building up the anticipation of telling them like it's so intense speaking of intense what's happening right now Keenan? oh buffy is in this very nice fight scene while cordelia's making out with somebody in the car around like what's going on is this i can't remember if like cordelia if this is where Cordelia is, like, officially involved in everything, like, when she officially starts hanging around them all the time. Oh, this was not Buffy getting her ass kicked. This was Buffy going, I'm a weak girl. Right. And then the vampire is like, ha-ha. And then she pulls out that stake, and the look on his face was like, fuck. Because by this point, they all know there's a slayer in town. Yeah, and I love the look that she gives where she falls on the ground and they're doing like a slow-mo of her like kicking back up to her feet. Like there's a that that move. What's that move called? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But like she does that thing where you like you're on the ground on your back and like you kick your feet up and then you rise to your feet without using her hands. Anyway. So she does that in slow-mo and she's she slips out this stake behind her back and she he notices it he's like what the fuck oh guy this is it this is a slayer and she gives a smile and it's all in slow-mo and it's just so enjoyable to watch yes and now we are in the library and as giles uncovers the 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 prophecy that jonah spoke about earlier the earthquake happens, which is a sign of the coming of the master. So it's like he 
came across this book at the right moment, which is something that we will come to love about Buffy is that they're going to find something like right at the last minute, but it's always done well. That damn library. A library has seen some shit. So much goes down in that library. (laughs) All the things like at some point, I don't know Well, I, again, it's spoilers like Xander and, and Cordelia like make out in the stacks and you're like, Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a really funny. Okay, so so they just showed the master. They just showed the reason for the earthquake, and it's the master trying to break out of his situation down in the hellmouth and or hell. <laughs> is it hell or is it that hellmouth that he's in? <laughs> no, I think he's just caught. He's wherever he's like in the sewers. Yeah, he's, he's underneath the city, but like whatever trapped him there when he tried to rise for the first time, sapped him of his strength, mm-hmm. so he couldn't break through whatever supernatural barrier kept him there. And so, like, he, you cut to him like shaking the earth, and then he stops. Ugh, the intro to this show. <laughs> <laughs> We got off on a tangent, uh, all, we, so we've cut out a bunch of stuff, but uh, it's going to be a conversation that we'll have to circle back to. So we are, uh, Buffy is coming into the library, this is after Giles has figured out uh, that something is going to happen and the master is going to rise. And Giles is acting really weird right now. He's, like, looking at her like he's literally seen a ghost or he's, like, he knows something. He's doing that look where you know something about someone and yeah. you it's uncomfortable for you to know it. And so every interaction with that person is awkward. <laughs> yeah, he can't even look her in the eyes uh, during the scene. And she's talking to him about how she's a little bit concerned because she had, she's killed, like, three in one night three vampires in one night and so something's brewing she's basically saying and she you know she's kind of expecting him to like figure out what it is and he already knows what it is i just i feel like Okay, so Giles is one of these characters who looks like he is literally the same age the whole series. Have you noticed? Like, Oh, yeah. I just, like, what, how old is he right now in this episode, do you think? I, I don't know, but, you know, Giles is, you know, kind of a daddy. <laughs> those sunglasses, be those sunglasses. The, the, the fashion on this show was just, it was all its own because uh-huh. you have like Willow. Like Willow goes through so many like fashion choices uh, in herself, but Buffy always has something fun. Maybe you know, I, I, it was just it was always very fun, uh, like Buffy's outfits, and so era appropriate. And one, I feel like one of the fun kind of like running jokes is that they they always put her in these fight scenes in these most like ridiculous outfits and not ridiculous in that they're like hideous but that they're like heels are like 
like platforms or like you know skirts or it's super impractical like attire <laughs> for kicking ass yes oh this is Xander's about to oh this is him asking her to go to the spring fling oh god oh it's so painful to watch <laughs> this is so the first time we tried to run through recording the podcast and we did this episode, I was like, oh, that I had that story. Uh-huh. Uh, the very, like, my high school crush, I told him I liked him when we were in college. And... He said to me, and I quote, I wish you would have said something last semester. I'm about to be a dad. Uh, uh, That set me up for the rest of my life. Which is a really interesting response. 2021. Say it again? It's a really interesting response because it's like, he said that instead of, oh, no, bro, I'm not gay. Well, I, I... I heard there were one should never pay attention to rumors or things of that nature, but there were rumors that he was bi at the time. But of course, you know, high school or whatever, but uh, I hope nobody from my high school listens to this podcast. I doubt it. Oh, well, (laughs) I'm 30 fucking seven years old. I don't care. Um, I just talked through this whole emotional piece. <laughs> like I do, I do, I do want to point out during this time, as you were sharing your story and Xander was getting rejected by Buffy, he went petty so fast. He said, Oh, I guess the guy has, has to be undead to make time with you. And yes. she's, like, <laughs> she's like, that's really harsh. Xander and he's like sorry I just don't take rejection well I'm like no shit you were such a petty patty and so at this point in the show we know that Angel is a vampire and he has a soul Mm -hmm. yeah at this point we know we like Angel we can trust Angel and he and Buffy have like a, a growing attraction and um several like flirty moments throughout like lingering eyes as one is helping the other do they have the love theme yet oh it's so good no they don't get that until season two i think okay oh it's so good the music i i think this was the first show that ever paid attention to the score Mm mm-hmm and, and have even bought show CDs mm-hmm. or the scores. Like that Radio Sunnydale had some good scores on it. Yeah, I've definitely downloaded Buffy themes throughout my oh, throughout the years. The anointed one here. <laughs> oh, I. I guess I'm like, I know that the first, I guess I just got confused because the first is a separate entity and it is introduced earlier on 
than season seven. Season seven is not the first time we see the first. But the anointed one and the first are not the same thing. And for some reason, I was thinking it, they were. Okay. Then we can leave all that in the episode. <laughs> if, you, if you come to that conclusion, we don't have to cut any of that out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we really struggled to get there. <laughs> I mean, I I realize I'm wrong now because I did do a, a bit of googling while we were getting things back on track. But my, I'm still stumped about when the first comes, when the first is introduced. I know that it is. It may I'm be not- towards. It may be towards the end of season six. I don't. I don't think it's introduced that early. But no, I really feel like it's like in the first season, but, but maybe I mean I could be wrong. It's not the first time, clearly. <laughs> so right now, Willow's trying to console Xander and he's being all pissy about getting shot down. Like I, I think Buffy's rejection was very sweet and can, like the there's really no nice way to reject someone, but she she had to do it. She had to be honest, and he did not take it well. Mm-mm. No, but you know you you do kind of feel for it. Like you know you know what that feels like. Oh I don't, yeah, I don't think I've ever acted like reacted that petty, but I know people who have. Yeah. Oh, Willow tried to do, like, a hangout, and he, like, shot her down. And it's like, oh, I'm going to just be at home and listen to country music, the music of pain. <laughs> he has lines, but fuck. Sander often got on my nerves. That jacket, Buffy, that jacket. I love how she just nonchalantly has a steak. She's like, yeah, I'm just getting my steak out of my locker and I'm going to fix my my hair. Oh, I forgot about this. Blood running out of the sink. Oh, yeah. Huh? It's one of those really random, like, Sunnydale, very, like, Sunnydale moments when things start going. This is when Buffy A-wire. overhears them oh i feel like this scene is so iconic right yeah angel and giles are in the library talking about what's what's going to happen and giles just very matter-of-factly says that she will die the text says it it is a prophecy and then it cuts black goes to commercial and then comes back and buffy just does like a like a laugh <laughs> it just looks like, ha, 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 ha. like, like, a, like she's in shock. I think because she, like, yeah. I mean, that's crazy news to hear, right? Could you yeah. imagine? I was like, oh yeah, you know, you gotta go fight this dude, and you're gonna die. But you know, 
because it's who you yep. are. You're called right. to be this layer, and this layer. Everyone knows this layer never lives long. Rarely into her like late teens or early twenties. Yeah, and that they almost never have the full story <laughs> when it comes to these prophecies, or like <laughs> something. Something's translated incorrectly, or or oh, like. Had you not come, this wouldn't have happened because of this. Like, you being here is what's going to make this happen. It's insane. I don't know. It's, this, this scene's always got me because it's so pitiful to see Buffy react. Like, because she reacts. She, Sarah Michelle does such a great job in this scene of reacting how you would absolutely expect a high school teenager, like teenage girl, to react. Or just... Teenager a kid in general. in general. Like a teenager in general, yeah. Like, she's angry. She's absolutely pissed. She's throwing books at him. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're really a lot of help. <laughs> she's throwing a book at him. And she's crying. She's very upset about it. And oh, who can blame her? Angel. I mean... Ugh, Angel was so dreamy slash broody. Like, you just oh, like, you know, tired of watching him. You're like a broody white guy in a, a, a long coat in the 90s. You were, you're in. That's all you <laughs> needed to be. Giles, I'm 16 years old. <sighs> I don't want to die. Oh! Uh. Oh, and the way she says it, like that quivering of her lip, that classic SMG, like. She does it so, like. Uh, she does it so well. Buffy. And you you feel like, you, even with it on mute, I felt every mm-hmm. moment of speech. I am reading along. And by the way, we have not stated this, but while Xander has been pining over Buffy, Willow has been pining over Xander since kindergarten. Right. So she has to sit out to the side and deal with the guy that she has feelings for, have feelings for someone else, and be upset because they're because they don't require love. Like... It's like a double punch in your heart. Uh, yeah, and she's such a trooper about it too. She like lends him a, 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 you know, compassionate ear. She listens to him grovel over Buffy and the rejection. And meanwhile, she's like been in love with him forever. And we got, uh, she's in the room with Mama Joyce. And she's saying, like, let's go away. Let's get away. Like, Mom, let's just go on a trip. And, you know, and, and her mom's like, where? And she's like, anywhere. Just away from here. And she's like, Buffy, I can't do that. I have to work. And you have school. And we have lives here. And, and you know, the whole time she has no clue that her daughter is literally begging for her to take her away from this place to, for her life. Like, to save her life. And you know Mama Joyce would do it. In a heartbeat, if she knew. If she knew the real situation. Right. Oh. 
And she's like, oh, and by the way, here's this dress. <laughs> here's this beautiful, like, evening gown you that I bought you. Thing, and I saw you wearing this, like, just eyeing this dress, and I feel like you deserve it. And it's like, oh, fuck, that line. Is it written somewhere that you can't go to the dance? Mama Joyce! Oh, and then she's telling her a callback story to, like, when she met her dad. When she met Buffy's dad. (laughs) Joyce had some really, some great mom moments and some not-so-great ones, but she mostly hit it out of the park. Well, Christine Sutherland, who plays Joyce Summers, does a great job in the series of just being a human and a mother, you know, like she's not one of those TV moms who appear perfect as were, as was customary. It seemed in the nineties and before in television, like she has flaws and you see it and she doesn't always take well to Buffy's like responsibilities as the slayer. Yeah. Ooh, can you tell them what's happening right now? This is such a big deal. Oh Oh my god. So, Cordelia's pissed because the dude that she's with has been, like, flaking out on her. And uh, they find him in the AV room. And it's just, like, a whole scene of dead teenagers. And Willow... Carnage. Willow has walked in, and she's just kind of, like, soaking it up. And there's this, like, old cartoon, like, uh, Three Little Pigs cartoon on just these two pigs rejoicing and having, like, defeated the wolf mm. amongst the carnage. Like, it's there's a blood print on the television. Oh, gosh. And, like, Willow's, what Willow says about it later in the episode when she was like, it just looked like they were having fun. When they, like, the way the vampires murdered all these kids. Oh, mm-hmm. And here we are. Like, the vamps got a kick out of it, basically. Because at this point, you know, like, she's in. She's in it. She knows she's in the shit. You know, she's she's a ride or die. And she hadn't seen anything like this where vamps were being vamps. Man, this is back in the day when vampires were pure evil. I guess unless you somehow ended up with a soul or a chip in your head. (laughs) <laughs> yeah as we will see later in the series um <laughs> both happens but okay so i want to i want to do sort of a pause there not an actual pause but like just sort of a mental pause um because i i did a little bit of googling and i found uh on buffy.fandom.com where they talk about how the first appears to Angel is the first time we see the first in season three. Yes! yes! Oh my god, because he comes back as Jenny Calendar. Yes. Jenny Calendar, oh. who is who is actually in this episode that we're wa- we're watching now as Giles like fellow co like colleague, but also his love interest and yep. who Angel ultimately 
kills when he becomes. But we'll get there. And we'll get there. Yeah. So I don't want to tell. I'm gonna get ahead of myself too much, but spoiler alert. <laughs> A twenty-year-old TV show. Right. So part of the prophecy is that the anointed one would go to Buffy and bring her to the mouth of hell, which is where this like mystical underground sewer area where the master is trapped is, is the entrance of hell, which just so happens to be underneath the school of Sunnydale of Sunnydale high. It's underneath Sunnydale high. I don't know why I said it that way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And the library is the epicenter of it all. So that's why all the shit goes down in the library. Which really makes you wonder, is that why Giles became the librarian specifically because they knew that? Like the Watchers Council knew that already? No, no. I think they discover the whole thing about the Mouth of Hell during the series, and maybe this is when they d- discover that the library is directly on top. He was a, a librarian because that was what they could put him in. That was the job they put him in so that he would have access to Buffy being in high school. Because I think it's later kind of indicated that, like, because they knew there was a hell mouth in Sunnydale, that's where Buffy needed to be. So that's how her mom ended up with the job that she has and why Giles was working at that school. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that they like made allusions to that later on. So Giles it was just doing, in this scene, they're in the library, he and Jenny Callender, and he just pulled a very, like dad moment very protective dad moment where <laughs> where that was a great like, punch <laughs> he was like pack he's packing up his his uh weapons jenny's asking what he's doing he's like oh i'm going to fight the master myself but he's not going to be involved because he doesn't want her to die and then Buffy strolls in in her leather jacket and her um her prom dress, her, a la the movie. Her spring it's an homage to the movie. Dress. It is absolutely an homage to the movie. That's pretty cool. But like she comes in, she's like, no, you're not. I'm going to kill him because that's what I do, dad. And he is trying to be all like, no, I am going to do it. You you sit in the corner. And she's like, um, no. And then punches him in the face. And he just does that like stalled kind of like head turns with the punch and he he just freezes and then like falls it's such a cartoonish moment i love it and now we see buffy meets officially the anointed one for the first time right Yeah. yeah because before that they thought that the anointed one was a vampire that Buffy had already thing. killed. Yeah. And so now the anointing one is taking Buffy to see the master. Yeah. He's her sort of little demented guide. Yeah. 
Now here's Xander doing his like, what are we going to do? We can't let her do it. She can't do it. Uh, I'm a guy. He needs to rescue my girl. <laughs> and Jenny's like, really? Is 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 that is that how this is gonna go down? You're you're gonna help Buffy? Okay. Or are yeah, you just you gonna are. get in her way? <laughs> Which they always do. <laughs> oh well, I say always. Like I feel like the whole first season is just Buffy rescuing them all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they actually end up becoming super useful in yes, season two so and later. The the way they all become a part of like just like I think they're referred to as slayerettes and uh, despite do despite call them slayerettes uh but it's well, someone does yeah I remember that term they obviously are also referred to as the Scooby gang yeah so Xander who cannot stand Angel is like okay I'm gonna go I'm gonna go talk to Angel and we're gonna be like dude we gotta we gotta go Better get down there. We gotta, we gotta circle, like, just make it happen. And that's what they decide to do. <laughs> and he shoves a cross in his face. He gets all, he turns all badass, and he's like, "You're gonna do what I want you to do." So I have a cross. <laughs> She thinks you're a real person. And right now I need to prove her right. Get out of here, Zendaire. I don't want to... I really don't want to be, like, bashing Xander throughout the whole series, but he just does some stuff that annoys me. Yeah, but then Xander is also the one in throughout the series who gives, like, the best little speeches. <laughs> yeah, he, and, like, Xander was always the heart of this show. His character in my... I, I always felt like he was the heart of this show. Um, but, man. <laughs> every now and then. Okay. Here we are. This is about to happen. The first is like, okay, he's down there. Bye-bye. Right. <laughs> you keep calling. Uh, it would have been really funny if she just like took out the anointed one right there, just like okay, and we're done with well, you. Well, that's why I, I never understood why she didn't. Like, what what was the point of leaving him alive? Because yeah. he ends up just dying in season two anyway. Uh, I yeah, I really would like to. I need to look in to see if there was like they had plans for his character, and then it just didn't pan out because it's, it's almost like they were building him up to be the next master and then yeah they just were like no you're dust <laughs> yeah maybe because it was a child actor and they like you know what it's like working with kids and animals on a tv series it's yeah. very problematic <laughs> true so buffy shows up with like what three arrows on her crossbow I haven't noticed that. Yeah, there there are not many. Um, I doubt she has like a quiver. That seems like 
they're not a great weapon if you if you miss. Yeah, and because I mean, is she packing anything else? Mode. Where's uh, her? Where's Mister Pointy? Oh wait, she doesn't yeah, have Mister Pointy. Yeah, Mister Pointy has not oh, appeared okay. yet. Mister Pointy. He did like look so disappointed just now when I said that. He was like, <laughs> "Okay, stop." <laughs> You've already said what so much ridiculous shit about this show is. Like, are you even a fan? Like, <laughs> I feel like you were so annoyed with me bringing up Mr. Pointy this early on. When we really don't see him until, what, season two? Yeah. Yes. Yes. With Kendra. Oh, Kendra. <laughs> Who later we learn is not the only black vampire slayer, and it's great. Yay. So this is something that I also found interesting because, like, they they talk about how Buffy is fast. Like, she's supposed to have the strength and the speed to stop the vampires. But you never get that, like, super vampire speed that is on other shows. But, like, the master does those things. Like, in this scene, he's, like, popping around. I mean, you don't see the wishes or anything because, you know, that budget. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Uh, yeah, now cut to outside of the school, near the football field, and all the vampires are showing up. And Jenny, Calendar, and Willow are like, what do we do? They're surrounded. Yeah. And then, like, the, the master also having these other kind of, like, abilities that you don't see any other vampire possess until... <sighs> Is that... It's... It's when Buffy meets Dracula in like season six. Is that is that an early season five or a season six episode? It's a ridiculous one. Either it's season one. five. Is it season five? Okay, it's, it has it very early. Oh, we just found the rep. We okay. So in this scene, the master is sort of doing his like witty banter, but he's also revealing a very big fact about the prophecy, which is the tricky thing about prophecies is that you know they're not always what you think they are and in this case you coming here so proactively as you did is was what sets me free if you had not come then i would not have risen yeah because it's the the slayer right and he then bites her which i swear it looked like he he bit her for like five seconds. Uh, it's it it's crazy to me. He really only took just what he needed to to get out, and then just threw her in the water. So he didn't. He drain didn't even drain her. her, really. Yeah. So that's she, she just, just drowns. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, she still dies. So technically, she dies. And oh yeah, spoiler alert, she dies. <laughs> yeah. And so like Xander him. and Angel arrive. Angel pulls her out of the the water. And then he's like, She's dead. <laughs> Some of those lines. Angel. <laughs> There's this thing on the first episode of season two when <laughs> she walks into the bronze and he goes. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> so like Xander is like, no, she's not dead. Angel's like, oh yes, she is. She's not breathing. And he's like, but if she drowned, then there's a chance. There's she we can do CPR. And Angel's like, you're gonna have to do it. I have no breath. <laughs> Which is it was such a serious moment. But like when you're just reading the subtitles, like we are, it sounds so silly. But <laughs> do you know what always annoyed me about that? Vampires that were smoking cigarettes. Do you have no breath? Yeah, what is that about? Well, you have no breath. How are you, like, smoking the cigarette? Right? Mm. You can't smoke something without breath, right? Because doesn't Spike do it? Yes! And, oh, and she's back! Yeah, so, she wasn't dead for very long. <laughs> yeah, technically she died and Xander saved her life. And we do not cover the first episode of season two, but I highly suggest you watch it because Cordelia delivers the best line in her Buffy career. <laughs> um, but it it sets up a whole arc of, of season two and like what Buffy has to go through because she died. And we just, we learn a lot about what Buffy dealt with over that summer break. Yeah, I imagine it's pretty fucking traumatizing <laughs> to die and then come back. <laughs> I love that they just, like... They literally... Cordelia literally drives her car into the school. <laughs> oh, my God. And so they're all coming... And they're all coming because they're coming to the center of the Hellmouth to greet the master. They move the copier. Oh, weird ass okay. octopus demonic octopus thing. thing. It's creeping up from underneath the school. The master's free and all hell is literally breaking loose. He's like, I'm the master. This is my world. The Master is such a great villain. And then, like, Angel and Buffy's helping, like, our Angel and Xander's helping Buffy up. And and they're like, take it easy. And they're, like, being all, like, nurturing and shit. But she's like, no, I feel fucking great. And I, I feel strong yeah. and I want to kick some ass. It's like, I feel strong. Which is... She, she feels says I feel different. And I think that's interesting. And I wonder if that's like a Slayer thing or if that's just like a, oh, I just got my ass handed to me, I die, and now I feel motivated to kick some ass myself. Or if it's just, if it's something about the Slayer, of them, like them being renewed mm. in the rare moments where they may die and come back to life, which normally does not happen. Yeah. Well, I wonder this, so... I'm going to take you on this ride and you tell me what you think. So Buffy has died and Kendra is called. Oh, this, this is an iconic scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Buffy has died and Kendra is called. But Buffy comes back. So I wonder if, like, in some magical who's it of, like, how slayers get their strength. Oh, look, a bad guy. Smack. Bitch that slaps them to the ground. She feels strong because she got some of that extra energy that may have been going to 
to Kendra. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting take on it. I don't know. I also think it's important to point out that in history, typically, it's very well known that slayers do not live long. And they're basically, like, just used up to serve the purpose of mm-hmm. fighting vampires and demons. And they 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 are oh they always die young. But yeah. the difference between those slayers that have come before Buffy and Buffy is that they didn't have friends. Like she has relationships and friends, a gang of friends and and allies who help her and you see the benefit of that firsthand here in this episode because had it not been for Xander and Angel showing up together, she would have just been dead. And that would have been the end of Buffy. Yeah. I may be dead, but I'm still pretty. <laughs> yeah, she shows up to kick ass this... and, and trade witty banter with the uh, master. Yes, exactly. Like some, some of the best like back and forth of this show. I love it. The creatures here in this episode—they're—they <laughs> give me '80s vibes. I love they're like, y'all. We don't have a budget for this, but you—you you know what we're going for. <laughs> like you get it. Just go with us. <laughs> Just go with it. Oh, I love this slide. <laughs> he's like, so he's trying to like hypnotize her again, like he did before, and and as he's doing it, she's kind of leaning into it and pretending like it's actually working, and her head kind of tilts a little bit, and she looks into his eyes, and she he has her by the throat, and she says, "You have Kool Aid mouth." <laughs> fruit punch. Oh, it's like fruit punch. Yeah, you're right. Fruit punch mouth. Kool-Aid mouth. Oh, well, in the South, we call it Kool-Aid mouth. That vampire was crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, you definitely see a different version of Buffy when she comes back from the dead here. Yeah. Like, she is kicking ass left and right. Right. Oh, I love that line where she's so like, good. He, he's talking about hell and being like, I guess, the master of hell or hell yeah. being unleashed on earth or whatever. And and she's like, you like hell so much? Go there. And then flips him over her and through the glass ceiling and he falls on a broken piece of wood. A broken table that they made a point to show us twice. <laughs> like, they did a close-up on it when it broke. And then, and like, another when Buffy looks in, there's, like, a very close, tight shot on it. Again, like, hey, this is important right now. Pay attention to this damn table. Mm-hmm. And right. then she's like, go there and goodbye. And then they they cut to all of them, the whole gang in the library in the aftermath of all the things. And the master's bones, it's just the master's bones that are remaining here. And these are the freshest, whitest ass bones you've ever seen. Like it literally looks like they took one of those skeletons that hang up in your biology class or anatomy class 
and just like stripped it of the metal pole that it's always standing on in those classes and just like threw it on that table and I'm like those bones are too clean (laughs) yeah I also love how clean her dress is after she was laying in a puddle of sewer water right like you can't be smelling that great B in that white ass dress and they just all walk away, like, giggling and, like, laughing. Like, oh, we saved the world. Again. Saved the world. Now let's go to the spring fling. Right. And so there's a plot line with the bones in season two. And so we don't get anything but, oh, yeah, like, there were robes and we pulverized the master's bones. Like, there's a kind of, like, a throwaway line, I want to say, on the first episode of the season. Does that happen on the first episode of season two? Where they get like snatched up because someone's trying to revive the master? Yeah, I think that's the plot line of that season. Um, where where they have to, like she has to, or not season, sorry, that first episode. I'm a little drunk. But um, that first episode, because she's having to basically relive that and you, I think she has flashbacks, and it's just like it's like PTSD almost. They make a point yeah, to sort of no, like definitely frame PTSD. it in that way. Yeah, they frame it in that way of like PTSD that she has, like she's struggling with calling back to or flashing back to that, you know, moment with the master where he literally takes her life, and um, and then she's having to now deal with his remains yeah it's crazy mm. this is uh I love this show so much i just love it oh well there you go y'all a little bit of uh the last episode of season one with uh, a little bit of uh info about the first episode of season two i really do like that episode and i think you should watch it um there's some great callbacks, uh, I think, that they kind of touch on throughout that season and, and maybe even refer to throughout the show. Um, but see, the episode one of season two is great. And When She Was Bad, I think is the name of that episode. Yeah, I think so. It sounds familiar. I don't know. I'll check it later and we can confirm, but I, I if it is, I, I'm going to kind of uh, see if I can remember these episode names. I think that'll be a fun little game. You're doing a pretty good job already. I'm glad you can remember it, because I sure as hell can't. <laughs> I tell you, I love this show. But we all have our own varying measure uh, measurements of, like, fandom. So, okay, Keenan, who were some standout characters in this episode for you? Oh, let me see. Who, I mean, like, definitely Buffy. Buffy gave us some great lines. She gave us all the emotions. I could feel when she heard she was going to die, I heard and felt every word. And I'm mm-hmm. watching it on mute. You know, like, it... Mm-hmm. it I, I didn't have to hear her to see that scene. And I think we get so many amazing performances from Sarah Michelle Gellar in that, that aspect. But even with 
Giles, like I have to give them both a lot of credit because Giles is going through this shit because he's like, I love this girl as if she is my own child and I have to send her to her death. I don't know how to handle this. I can't process it. I'm going to do it myself. Like, I don't want anything to happen to her. I'm just going to go take care of it. Um, Which is not how a, uh, a, um, God, what are they called? Watcher. <laughs> I'm so drunk right now. <laughs> I really should have ate before I had this bad wine. <laughs> that's, that's what people are going to be tweeting. Like, well, has Jonah ever watched an episode of Buffy? <laughs> it truly does not seem like I am a fan <laughs> at all. I'm so disappointed in myself. I promise you all, I am a fan. All two of you, all one and a half, whatever is left. I... I <laughs> Started. I love this show to my soul, but I don't have a great memory. <laughs> it's I, one of my little quirks. <laughs> I think I probably soaked in enough Buffy before my memory went garbage. So it's it's the only thing that I can hold on to. Buffy and Charmed Facts. That's all I got. That's all I have left. <laughs> this is probably not going to do you like, any good in life whatsoever, <laughs> but it's still fun. Oh, my God. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say like Buffy and, and Giles. I, I can't. I don't think I could Buffy more so than Giles, but they both gave us everything. Yeah, they obviously were like leading forces in this plot line. I I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call out to um that I feel like need some recognition. First of all, can we just recognize Jenny Callender for stepping up to the plate and just like diving into this like crazy world and and rolling with the punches of what it's like to be a part of the Scooby Gang? Because well, she's she, like you know like they've already gone through the whole demon the internet demon Moloch you know like she's Jenny's in it she's in the fray right yeah she's definitely part of the Scooby Gang at this point she's she's had her introductory episodes and she's um she was the center of another episode so like she's in it and they definitely she's a very likable character i think um mm. and then they make her Giles love interest which makes her even more likable because you really root for them together i think um because it's a slow build of them getting together and so I really love her involvement in this in this episode. And then the master, obviously, because he gives us such good dialogue, like such mm-hmm. good one-liners. And yeah. I, I love a villain with a sense of humor. And sure. that's sort of a running theme in Buffy is a lot of the villains have a great sense of humor. And it's like... To the point that you're like, ah, I kind of want to hang out with you. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I, I'm i kind of into you a little bit. Like, you're, you yeah. seem neat. And so, um, <laughs> and I really kind of, I'm a little bummed that he didn't get, after all of that work, spending a, like all of those years or centuries or whatever it is for him, but for us, a whole season of being trapped underneath in the hellmouth like he literally only gets like a few minutes of freedom we don't get to see like him do much damage you know himself and i kind of would have liked to have seen him you know do some damage like kind of 
take advantage right. of the opportunity a little bit, but he didn't get very far, so. Right. Like, say this was, if this had a full 22 run, like, they when they picked it up for, you know, going forward. So you're saying, like, this be, like, your mid-season kind of finale situation. Yes. Then, like, you have the holidays, you come back. And it's like the master fucking shit up until Buffy gets him on episode 22. Yes, absolutely. I feel like that's exactly how it would play out. Like the, the back half of the season would be all like him, him wreaking havoc and them having to clean it up or like fight him consistently with a couple of other like um, bubble episodes or whatever you call it thrown in there here and there. Um, and then it culminating like with what has happened tonight like i feel like i feel like that's how it should have gone but because it was such a like a stunted um season then that's that's why we get such a like a a really brief wrap-up and you know but it's fine because it works and i think but i even think and i have not looked at the episode list for season one in a while but i feel like there probably are two at least two possibly even three of the 12 12 episodes that probably could have been utilized to tell that story and and they because i love a show with like a tight 12 like a tight 10 12 13 episodes are you looking at the episode list? Yeah, I'm looking at the my. I have the original DVD cases, like the original like DVDs. Um, and so I'm I'm looking at them now, and um, yeah. So like the harvest was a big one. That was episode two after Welcome to the Hellmouth. Um, where I love the synopsis. It says a stranger named Angel <laughs> tells Buffy that if she does not stop the harvest, the ne- the Hellmouth will open and the Master will roam free. So that's when you really start to get more of the rumblings of what's to come with the Master and his intentions. Um, and then she starts working with Angel a little bit more in yeah. that episode. I also think, well, those first two episodes probably could have been spliced together to be a really good, like, long first episode. Yeah, I think you're right. I I could see that. That would have been It's like, Luke doesn't exist outside of the harvest. And, like, those two episodes seem to be the only good he would have done. And it would have just kind of made sense to make one. They could have had, like, one spooky first night that told, like, Buffy comes to Sunnydale and immediately has to save the world. Right. Because I always felt like those two episodes could have been one episode. Yeah, I think you're... I, mean, I That would have been cool to see. It would have made a lot yeah. of sense. I do think, way. like, Buffy in the streaming world would have been very different. Like, the stories... Because there are, As someone who loves the show, you know... There are episodes throughout every season that are what me and my best friend Jessica always call bullshit episodes, like the Buffy, like uh, beer bad episode of season four. Right. Like, or in this, or in this season, you have um, the puppet show. <laughs> Nothing happens. 
that puppet show, like, but in that episode, Buffy basically suspects that a ventriloquist dummy may be, like, harvesting organs from her classmates <laughs> uh, who are performing in a school talent show. It's just so random, and it's such a classic yeah. high school, like, yes. I mean, show, even the witch, a- even the witch is, like, not necessarily, but I love that episode oh i really like the witch episode yeah um and plus it's it sets up that thing where i I think they say something like you see amy in at least one episode every season yeah yeah that's an interesting like ongoing thing like amy is introduced in the witch right and she is a fellow cheerleader buffy buffy becomes a cheerleader and amy is also on their cheerleading squad and and she's sort of the center of that that well, her mom is the center of that episode, right? Like, because her mom is a witch. Is, am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. Like, her mom. So her mom is the witch, and then later on, we find out that Amy, like, post living with her mom, Amy has started dabbling in, in witchcraft. Um, and that's. I want to say we learn that as. Um, no, we learned she's doing witchcraft because of uh, the love spell she casts on Xander in season two. Isn't that a season two episode? Ooh, I feel like that's season three. Yeah, because... Faith in that one? Uh, I don't know if she's in that episode, but she's... But I feel like that's season three because um, Buffy, I just... I'm, I, I'm getting an actual visual of Buffy in that that like night robe that really sexy silky nope, night season robe two, season two episode 16 bewitched yeah uh, <gasps> what? i think what you're thinking is the same thing i was thinking um because the first like season one and season two technically happened like season one was like march to may and then season two picked up in September. So it was literally like they went on summer break and came back to school. And so when I think of things and, and time frames, I would think that everything like seasons two and so on and so forth were later than they actually aired. Yeah, I don't know. I'm way off on the timeline. I'm so rusty. I should really get more like better acquainted, reacquainted with the yeah. episode lineup. <laughs> so I, I don't keep do, embarrassing I'd myself. Let's do an episode <laughs> where we just talk about Amy episodes. Ah, uh, that'd be such a fun bonus. We should do that. Okay, so current TV, Keenan, what are you watching right now? Um, so of course, like I, I've said, I've been watching Doom Patrol and Star Girl. Um, those, I think both of those will be wrapping up soon. Star Girl has uh Monday and then next Monday, and that should be it. Uh, for Star Girl, and I think Doom Patrol may have one or two more episodes. But either way, though, I'm still loving them. But I have re- uh, I've started watching Luther again. Like I watched, I think the first three seasons when they aired, when they were like available on this is a BBC show um, with Idris Elba. Mm, yeah, uh, as DCI John Luther. He's a Oh, it's such a good show. Um, and I, I was like, gosh, if you watch this show, you'd never want to go to London. <laughs> and I feel like I probably put myself in some very dangerous situations after watching that show. Uh, 
but it's so good. Idris Elba is an amazing actor. It's a great show. There are two other seasons that have come out since I watched it originally. So I'm really excited to get to watch those for the first time. I love a TV series with a central character that is, like, morally gray. Yes. Like, that's always so fun and interesting to watch. Um, because then it find, you find yourself questioning your own morals because you're rooting for someone who's essentially, like, a bad person that you would never root for if you found out the things that they did in real life. Like, if it was a person in real life, you would be like, it would be, it would feel more black and white or seem right. more black and white. And, but the way that they capture the story and, like, yeah, it's, that's fun. That's always a fun journey to take in TV. So what are you watching, Jonah? Um, well, so I've been in a bit of a emotional funk lately, like just a little depressed. And so I was like, oh, I need something besides all of these superhero shows to watch to kind of pick up my spirits. And a show that has done that for me since the start of the pandemic that really just has brought a little bit of light to my life and joy is um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And I am rewatching that. I watched oh, it whenever it was. Air- I know. Like, I watched it when it was airing. Like, we were watching it at the same time because, you know, we were we would talk about it after every episode and, um, and how much we really love the show and, you know, all the, the happenings with it and the characters and which ones were our favorites and who we were rooting for and the songs that they were performing. And you know me, I am not a lover of musical theater. I don't really care for a musical. But this show, it has just trapped me. It just has absolutely kidnapped my heart <laughs> yeah. and my attention because I love the actors. I love Jane Levy. She plays Zoe. I love Skylar Aston. Like I, I literally every character, every actor in that show is so good and they're really great performers on screen and they all have great chemistry and the story is very interesting. The overall story, but it's also an interesting unique concept of how she develops these powers and and what seems like in an oddly practical and realistic kind of way you know what i mean like the way that they introduce how she gets these powers like and i'm not gonna tell details because i don't want to spoil it for anybody but like it's just very, very it's very interesting and i i love the song choices i uh-huh. I love her reaction to like the songs when people are performing because the concept of this show for for people who don't know is uh, basically this girl, this computer like software engineer programmer, whatever she is. Um, she basically gets these powers of being able to know what people are thinking based on songs they are singing or performing and only she can see them only she can hear them and see them like singing and performing but it's basically their innermost thoughts through song and it's so fascinating because i kind of think live my life like internally in a soundtrack i feel of of songs day in and day out i feel like so many of us do and so I think it's a really relatable show, and there's an overarching plot line like involving her dad that is just very 
Oh, it just it just gets you. It's so sweet and good. And I know you you had a really emotional like uh, tie to that show for that specific reason, right? Yeah, yeah. That just I don't want to I don't want to say like too much about the show, but I would love I would love if you are watching, rewatching, or did watch Zoe's extraordinary playlist, like. Tell us about it. Tell us what touched you because it was a great show and there were some lines uh, that happened uh, I, right around the time the episode aired. Oh, God, I can't even I can't even talk. We shall wait. Let's wait until God, we we don't know when season two is coming. Maybe we'll do an episode where we talk about Zoe when we deem it like, hey, if you haven't watched this show, you need to skip this episode, watch it, and then come back because I'm talking about Zoe. It it was a great show, and I I do think it is something that we should. You are currently taking a rewind and mm-hmm. rewatching Zoe. I love it. Live in the brand, Jonah. Living the brand. Absolutely. Oh wow. Okay, so we've we've rambled. I am hoping that people are still here. Uh, I want to hear from you. I, I just want people to like interact with us because as I said earlier, right now it's like, we're, we're just kind of like sharing what we feel about these shows and the things that we're watching and how they relate to our lives. And we want to hear from you. Like, Tell us if there was an episode of Buffy that particularly touched you. I really hope it's one that we cover, but if it's not, like, tell us why that episode is always on your mind. Like, we're going to share our socials with you in case you want to follow us. Um, mine, um, I'm on Twitter at QuirkyWriterGuy. Um, and I'm on Insta at Adventures of Jonah. So feel free to give me a follow and say hi. Um, Keenan, what's yours? Um, so I've been super inactive on my photography Instagram accounts. Uh, I think I'm currently looking for some aspiration. But if you just want to see my selfies or see when I'm cooking things or just live in my normal life, you can follow me on Instagram at the KT Walker. Um, I am also on Twitter where I tweet about politics and complain about people that don't wear masks and talk about TV (laughs) shows that I love. Uh, I think Twitter is just a kind of, uh, it's, it's where I get to live my best life. It's, I love Twitter. So Mm -hmm. you can follow me there at the KT Walker and, if you did listen to the first episode, you'll know that I'm currently uh, annoyed by TikTok. I can't get the KT Walker back because I can't log in with my Instagram account, and they're telling me that account doesn't exist. So I have started Keenan Sings, and uh, whenever I feel like I have a song in my heart, whether it be on or off key, I'm going to sing it on TikTok and post it, because why not? Yes, TikTok. I'm also on TikTok at JS Taylor Writes. Um, I mostly I don't put out like a ton of content. I have some content on there, but I love 
um, just watching it. I'm like, it's like watching TV for me. <laughs> and you can get lost in it for hours. I'm always blowing up Keenan's phone with like videos I'm sending him from TikTok that I think he'll enjoy. I feel like he was probably so annoyed with that at this point. <laughs> I think it was more annoying when I was annoyed with TikTok even more. And I'm going to say TikTok one more time because I can't believe that something that we now say regularly in this world, we talk about TikTok and we're not talking about clocks. That is me being old. Um, And please follow the podcast um, on Twitter at the rewind underscore pod. You can email us at the rewind podcast one at gmail.com because evidently somebody decided to take the rewind podcast. (sighs) Whatever will be number one. And um, you can find episodes and message us at anchor.fm backslash rewind dash podcast. And that's it, everybody. Uh, Episode two, Prophecy Girl. Uh, We hope that you join us for the next episode when we talk about becoming part one. Um, This has been Keenan Walker. And Jonah Taylor, be kind. Please rewind. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Just be kind and listen to the rewind.